dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Leadership can be defined in many ways, yet most definitions converge on the same point. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. The impact my life can make on others to bring others to act for a common vision. But how can I harness my leadership for its maximal impact? How can I lead best? St. Thomas Aquinas gives us the key. He teaches us how to act with depth. So you've come here to learn leadership. Congratulations and welcome. I'm glad that you're here. I'm teaching this little mini course as an effort to try to bring the wisdom of the Catholic tradition to you who are trying to influence your world. And I know some of you are focused in on family, and I'm, I think that's one of the, the most powerful ways to influence the world, of course, is to shape the people of the world, and that's done in the family. Some of you are here, you own your own businesses, you have multiple employees, welcome. Others are here, uh, and, and just because in, in your various spheres, you want to learn how to be someone who can change the world. And I say welcome to you too. We, all of us who are here have the same desire, and that is to live a life that is out loud, to live a life that makes an impact, to not go through this world and leave it the same. Now, I happen to think that that's something every human being ought to aspire to, and that the, the great ones are the ones who, taking that desire, act on it. When I look at our Lord and his life and mission, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that he came in order to make an impact, right? Like it's one of the most, the easiest things to pick up about Christianity is that Christianity is an offensive position, not a defensive position. Of course, it implies de defending the faith and keeping what Christ gave us, etc. But it's in with a view towards evangelization, meaning with a view towards spreading that gospel. And when you look at the way the church defines evangelization, you kind of have two different poles to it. You have, on the one hand, you have the, the definition of evangelization of people going out and making that influence active in the world through overt proclamation. And the other way that we evangelize is the, the life of the church herself, meaning going out and making an impact in the world through living in communion, the community of the church that Christ founded. And that community of the church involves prayer. It involves, it involves outreach via service. It involves caring for the poor. All those things are evangelization in the church's vision. Right? So I want to put there and, and look there and say, well, then what role does business play in evangelization? 
I would say a huge role because it might not be through overt proclamation where the church overtly says, come to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And yet Jesus Christ saving the world saves the world through free enterprise. Now he saves the world through many ways. We all know that. He saves the world through charity. He saves the world through soup kitchens, right? He saves the world through justice, works of justice. He saves the world every time you and I reach out and love those who are least among us. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but he also saves the world through you running your business and through you nailing your jobs, everyone, because the fact is the world of business encompasses the basic needs that we have. If our businesses were more effective, the poor would have their needs met. I mean, if you think that's really what the fundamental idea of a business is, it's to meet the needs of the people, right? So if you need shoes, you have a cobbler who makes shoes. If you need food, you have a food producer who makes food, right? Like you have farmers, you have sellers. And the idea is that the world of business is supposed to be meeting the needs that we all have. And that meeting of those needs, that's an act of God. So running businesses justly and governing the world such that the business's supplies can actually meet the world's demands, this ought to be the primary focus of those who are in leadership. Instead of saying, okay, business is to make money and the poor go is the object of the church or something like this. No. The church ought to be creating people who are meeting the needs of those who are out there for fair and equitable price. And if the system worked at 100%, you wouldn't have the material poor. So obviously the system doesn't work. It'll never work at 100% because that's the limit of capitalism. It's called human freedom and human sinfulness, right? But I'd like for you to have a vision of what you do in business that's a bit broader and bigger than simply making profit. You, you are actually doing work that if Jesus Christ came to the earth, he himself would do. And the proof of that is that when Christ was in Nazareth, he went around putting a roof over people's heads. <laughs> Think about it. We all know, I mean, there's no one more generous towards the world than our Lord himself, who taught us to care for the poor. But for the 30 years that he lived before he went out to heal the sick and to take care of the, he was actually putting roofs over people's heads. The Greek word for carpenter is actually tekton. Tekton means someone who builds roofs. So when it says that Jesus was the son of Joseph the carpenter, and therefore it goes to assume that he himself was a carpenter, it doesn't mean he was making fine tables and countertops. It means that he was putting on the structure of the building that would support the roof. I mean, when you think about that, that means that our Lord saw the dignity, not just of human labor, but the role and the vocation of the small business owner and the tradesman in order to fulfill the needs of the people as an extension of his own divine mission. I want you to do the same. When he calls his apostles to follow him, he called men who were formed by small business. St. Peter, St. Andrew, St. James, St. John, all of them were fishermen. And that means that they were running a business called fishing. <laughs> it wasn't, they were doing it for sport. 
The Bible speaks about them having partnerships, about them having employees, about them having boats and nets, capital, therefore. I mean, these guys understood that the world of business was, in fact, a noble enterprise. I want you to understand it in the same way. I think that when the Lord came to earth and he ran a business, that of being a, a roofer, he showed us thereby that this world of business extends his kingdom effectively. And that when God made Adam and put him in the garden to till it and to keep it, it was because he saw in the very action of work and therefore of which business is simply an organization, he saw in that activity the way that the human person was to continue his work of creation. So all of this to say, welcome to this course in leadership. What I want to help you to do is not eschew the work of business, but to embrace it in Christ's name. And let me tell you, the Catholic Church has a prime position here of authority in teaching you how to lead. And leadership is the, the object of the church because every saint is a leader. And if every saint, Christian is called to be a saint, then every Christian is called to be a leader. And that means quite simply that what God teaches us in the Bible and what our Christian faith is all about over the years, the saints, the teachings of the saints, it's all there in order to build up leadership in our world, to make Christians proactive to make you dangerous. I wonder if you're, you're willing to think of yourself as that, right? When, when the, the established order sees me, it sees an innovator. Would you say that about yourself, right? If you look at yourself, you say, I'm an innovator. I'm someone who's there to change things that are already established, that I have greatness within me that's here to reshape this world, to make it better. I think a lot of you don't, which is why I'm saying it, right? <laughs> it's time that we actually do. C Christians are earth shakers. We bust out of chains. We rise out of tombs. We renew and shed light in darkness. We bring healing to brokenness. We're called to make an impact. You're called to make an impact in your families, in your workplaces, in your relationships. Why are, is it that your Catholicism has put you on neutral when it should have made you someone who is virulent, someone who is dynamic? Well, I'm here to waken that up in you. And I'm going to use St. Thomas Aquinas because his vision for leadership applies to business, to home, to politics, all in one. And I can't wait to introduce you to him. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. So let's go right into it, right? Let's take a look at what Aquinas has to say about leadership, about faith, and about its connection. But as always, I want to begin with prayer. Let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, and flame our hearts with your love. Show us the pathway forward for each one of us. Open God's word to us. Give us wisdom. 
that we might be the leaders after your own heart. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's go ahead and ask the million-dollar question. What is it that a Catholic priest who lived 800 years ago, what does he have to tell us about modern-day leadership? Aren't our worlds just too far apart to make anything that this monk would say worthwhile for us today? Well, I'd like to <laughs> just kind of chuckle at that because when I look at myself and everyone in this room included, let me just tell you, none of us matches the mind of St. Thomas Aquinas. This man was absolutely brilliant. Okay? He wrote entire bookshelves on the faith, on philosophy, on science, on scripture. His mind encompassed all kinds of different subjects and he wrote on them so persuasively and with such depth that his thought still represents a benchmark of authority and of precision that has allowed Western civilization to flourish. So this is no small-time thinker. I'm actually really privileged to be able to speak with you about him. Because what Aquinas does is he outlines, here's an example of the depth of his thought. He looks at human action, right? And he says, what is leadership? Leadership is going to be the ability to act well and to choose a course of action that is the best for those who are entrusted to the leadership of the leader in the different contingencies and, and challenges that come their way. He's like, a leader is like the navigator of a ship, the pilot of a ship. And as you're piloting a ship, you head out onto the seas and the winds blow and the waves shift and rocks appear and pirates can attack and anything can happen between port to port. And that, that pilot has absolute control over his vessel and his job is to navigate through the waters to reach the port safely. That requires an incredible amount of intelligence, of adaptability, also of authority as he leads those who are on the ship behind him to be convinced of where he's going. Think about the famous uh, ship captain in St. Paul and the Acts of the Apostles when Paul is on his journey to his death in Rome. And the, the, the ship captain himself doesn't know what to do. He's thrown into a hurricane. He has to get shipwrecked. He's got all kinds of situations happening. His soldiers actually flee him at one point, taking off from the vessel. And the real leader on the boat is St. Paul, who starts telling the ship captain what he ought to do. And the captain follows Paul's advice. It's pretty amazing. Well, the captain of your vessel, of your family, of your business is you. And you know that your responsibility focuses in on action. Leadership is tied to action because every definition of leadership surveyed reveals that it is about making an impact in the world. I want to just read you a few definitions of people who are out there uh, talking about leadership. He said, here, here's an example from Lao Tse who's, a, of course, a Chinese philosopher. He says, a superior leader gets things done with very little motion. The leader gets things done. That's what Lao Tse said. Gets things done with very little motion. He imparts instruction not through many words, but through a few deeds. He keeps informed about everything, but interferes hardly at all. He is a catalyst. 
Notice that again, the dynamism here. He's a catalyst. And through him, things would not get done well if he weren't there. When they succeed, he takes no credit. And because he takes no credit, credit never leaves him. Right? So there's a, an aspect of honor that, that befits a leader, but it's an honor because of impact. The United States Air Force, here's a definition from the United States Air Force. Leadership is the art of influencing and directing people in such a way that will win their obedience, confidence, respect, and loyal cooperation in achieving common objectives. Look at the language there again. Achieving, influencing, directing. Right? Three different uh, verbs here to speak to us about what a leader is. It's about action, right? Uh, if, if you go on, there's another example here. Here's a, the president of the University of Cincinnati, Warren Bennis, back in the 80s. He says, the first job of a leader is to define a vision for the organization. Leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. Okay, like you get the idea here. You know, uh, here's Henry Ford, one of my favorites. Here's a quote from Henry Ford. He says, I'm looking for a lot of men who have an infinite capacity to not know what can't be done. <laughs> it's a little bit of a twister, but I think you see what he's saying, right? A lot of men who have an infinite capacity to not know what can't be done. Leadership is in the realm of action. Well, you know what else is in the realm of action? Sanctity. The Catholic Church understands the Bible to read that holiness requires action on behalf of the, of the saint. There is no saint who does not engage who they are and their talents and their skills under the direction of their faith. Remember what St. James says, faith without works is dead. Okay, That means that faith without charity does not have life-giving properties. You need to put behind your faith and under your faith and through your faith, well, your actions. St. Paul in the letter to the Philippians chapter 3 says we work out our salvation amidst fear and trembling. We work out our salvation. So it's, it's not to mean that, you know, this endless debate about is it faith or works that saves, okay? Like it's both. It's a living faith. It's a faith through works, a faith in works. Works are an aspect. I mean, it's just common sense. None of us would say that I'm a Christian, therefore I don't have to do anything. We just wouldn't say that. Okay, so that's my point I'm trying to get through here. If being a Christian means doing something, well, being a good Christian will be doing something well. And in order to do something well, well, we just read from all these definitions, I need to have leadership. I lead when I act well and when I get other people around me to act well as well. So sanctification is that process whereby people are brought to action by leaders. Just think about that. That means that your whole Christian faith finds a practical tool in the school and art of leadership. And Thomas Aquinas is an amazing teacher of that art. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. 
dare great things for Christ. So if we want to hear the thoughts of this great theologian, St. Thomas Aquinas, on leadership, where do we look? Well, honestly, we look all over the place. He writes, he writes about human action and how to act better. But let's go ahead and focus in on the Summa Theologica. In this incredibly deep and amazing work, he outlines the human action and by four categories. It's almost like four steps that every human action goes through. Now, let me define at the beginning. He's not talking here about human action in the general sense, like everything that we do. No, he, he defines human action very specifically as those actions that we do intentionally. If you want, you could speak about it as freely. Okay, those actions that we do by choice. So the classic example is if you scratch your beard, you're probably not doing it by choice, but by habit or just by instinct, right? Or, you know, sleeping. This is not something that you necessarily do by choice. The dreams that you have during sleep are not something that you choose. And so these are not the, the object of leadership. On the contrary, leadership focuses us in on actions that we freely choose of which we are aware, things that we do intentionally. And now, right away, there's just a great little examination of conscience you can all do, like how much of what you do on a daily basis is done intentionally? I mean, you know, getting mad at our spouse, uh, laying down on the couch, watching TV. These things are done by us, and we make some modicum of choice with them but if you really ask yourself, is this something that I know I ought to be doing and that I'm doing on purpose in order to achieve a greater good? You know, most of the time the answer is going to be no. Some people just kind of sleepwalk through their day. I think of an average teenager, you know, you ask them, what are you doing? And they would say, I don't know. You know, you say, why are you doing it? They would say, I don't know. Right. It's very frustrating. You know, the whole idea of parenting here is that we help our teenagers to make choices. And that's because making choices is just the hallmark of a human person. An adult is supposed to be someone who is ad ultimum, adult. You go towards what is great. You move yourself instead of being moved. You don't just eat because you're hungry. You eat because it's good for you. Right? You're, 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 you're leveraging your food as fuel for action. And so you make healthy choices, right? The more that I have my vision cast towards the ultimate goal, the better choices that I'm going to make in my life. This is where leadership flourishes. And for Aquinas, he breaks that down. He says, well, in order for me to make a good action that inspires other people around me, that brings my family or my company or my world you know, after me, what I have to start at the very beginning of saying, I actually want to see a change. I want to make an action. There's a goal in my life. Right? We're going to call that, for all intents and purposes, aspirations. Okay, So having an aspiration is at the root of having a vision. Aspiration, a dream, a place where you're going. You can't move anywhere, anyone, anywhere if you don't know where you're going. Right? So that, that the basis of every human action 
is somebody who's actually got a clue about why they're acting. <laughs> it's kind of, it's simple, right? All of this is simple. It's just not easy. <laughs> so when you go from that aspiration, what's your next step? Your next step is going to be to understand and choose the best way to get there. This, of course, is a whole nother. It's almost like children are the, are the masters of aspiration. They want things, right? And yet they're not the master of knowing how to get what they want. When they have to get to where they want, they have a whole nother level of schooling that has to take place. And that's them, their understanding and making a choice amidst all of the givens of their life of the best course of action for them to achieve that. Usually in our lives, this is something we do between the ages of 18 and 22, right? This is, or 16 and 24. In that period, we're trying to choose the course of our life. And then of course, we engage on that course. You cannot be a leader inspiring others if you're actually not in the arena, in the action. If you don't, it's just, it's one of the crises of our culture today that people think that they have a good heart so they're a good person. Being a good person is about a lot more than having a good intention, everybody. There's a lot of people who have good intentions. That doesn't mean that they're actually good, right? A, you can have a good intention of something, but you have to actually put it into action. You need to follow through on that good intention and in the vicissitudes and in the turns of life, consistently act well in order to be a good person. That phase of action is pivotal for leadership. And then finally, the fourth phase is your ability to communicate your vision, your passion, your motivation to others. How do I actually reach out and create those bonds that can then effectively inspire those around me to the course of action that we're all trying to do together? This is the art of leadership. And Aquinas really hones in on those four areas. And what I want to do with you is take you in those next steps. Because can you just vision your life for a second? If you were able to start from a noble aspiration and choose a course freely that you would execute upon in a way that you could communicate with others, I mean, those around you will be thankful. Those under you will be thankful. Your family will be transformed. And the light that you see in God and your knowledge of Jesus Christ will be effectively able to be communicated to our world. You'll be that light in the darkness that he's calling you to be. This is what leaders are. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.